just in the next few minutes, let me just talk about something that I want us to capture as a church. And it's something that we want to impart to the men so that they can impart to their families as well. Today we're talking about adopted by the Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father simply clarifies that God as heavenly is above every other thing that is earthly. Therefore, his ways are higher. The manner in which as a father is going to deal with us is not a lowly manner. It's a highway. He says, my ways are higher than yours. So his ways are heavenly. So in God adopting us, we are going to experience in him what we can never experience in an earthly relationship. Even as we begin to understand him as heavenly father, not our father on earth, but our father whose ways are high above, his love is high above, his grace, everything about him is above every other thing that we have experienced. If God forgives us, his forgiveness is way beyond what we imagine. And so when such a father adopts us, then it means there must be a shift in our minds about the expectations that we have of him. But their expectations of God are similar to what they expect from their fathers, their earthly fathers. And so I want to say to us, we live in a society or societies that are consistently grappling with one form of crisis or, or, one, or another. Others get a midlife crisis. It's too late for that. You're supposed to be a grandfather now. So there are all kinds of crises. And the reason most of the time we experience these crises is because the figures that are supposed to be the center of our lives, that define us, that model what life should be like, are seldom there. We don't have essentially the right role models. Are you okay with that? And one of those figures that are supposed to be there is a father. A father defines security to us. A father defines identity to us. Without a father, people have identity problems. You see, now, when you say, if I say, I'm a mutipe. Yeah, you see, some of you are already thinking, Patrice. Because... You, 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 you attach a certain identity to the name. You attach a certain sense of belonging. I belong to. And our children struggle with these things. Even when they go to school, they try to belong everywhere. Because the figures that, I, that give them a sense of, this is my home, I'm safer here, are not there. So they try to find safety, belonging, all these things somewhere else. You heard what that child says. Says, I wanted someone to love me. Why? Because the father, the key defining figure of love is not there. Are you still okay with it? 
And so we, we, we experience all kinds of crises in our lives. But then there is a father in heaven. Whose fathering is way beyond what we have experienced. And therefore the greatest privilege and comfort in all of the confusion, fatherlessness, absent fathers, all these things. God is there as our heavenly father. He has not exclusively left us to the care of humans. Don't you love the fact that the, 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 the mere reality that you have not had a good father does not mean you are going to be a bad father. Because you have a father who is going to teach you how to father. And his way of fathering is not human. You see, God, when you sin, does not speak like the father in the drama. He doesn't say, I'm disappointed. You have tarred my and tarnished my reputation. God says, I'm a loving father. And he says to Israel, I forgive you for my name. For myself, I love you. You can never outsee the love of God. How na si biso ka si tanse fitan larato la mudiv. Are you still okay with that? If your father was absent, if your father, you know that kids deal with rejection when the parents divorce. You know they deal with unanswered issues when a father left them early, when the mother was pregnant with that particular child. The child starts asking himself or herself, was I that unwanted that when I was born, my father left? You understand those things? And some people are sitting here dealing with those things. Wishing, have you ever found a man at the age of 35? He starts looking for his father. Why? Because there's a longing to know. Did you reject me or there's another justifiable reason why you were not there? But you know, friends, whether you find him or you don't find him, there is a father in heaven. There's God who loves you and me. And this is a father who has, through the Lord Jesus Christ, granted us a not guilty verdict. God has justified us. Some people come to God and, and think God is still saying, you are wrong, you are wrong. Let me tell you, God has said, you are not guilty. Now, when you are young, you think, when you go home and you know your father is there and you've done something wrong, already you are shaking, right? But you know, when you come to God, friends, the blood of Jesus speaks better things. You know how many people are not saved and think they won't be saved? They don't count themselves worthy. Why? Because every voice, including the voice of a father, has condemned. Every other voice. You are useless. You are this. You will not amount to anything. One now you are a disappointment to this family. How can you dishonor us as a family? And so even as they approach God, you know people are, go, are ready to go to church, but most of them are scared of God. Why? Because the picture they have is the wrong picture of God. But God is a loving father.
And I want to read a few things about this God as a loving father. If you need the notes, you'll get the notes. I won't be able to get through all of them. I'm just going to highlight a few things about him. Number one, he's an adopting father. When God adopts you into his family, he gives you the full rights of a child. And this is how God does it. He cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And when you come to him, he makes you a co-heir with the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's something difficult for all of us to understand, including myself. We don't understand that the Bible says Jesus calls us brothers and sisters. And you realize that most of us struggle with that relationship. It's easy to say Jesus is Lord. But it's difficult to see him as your brother who says, don't worry, daddy is not angry with you. It's very difficult to understand that. And Jesus as a brother says to you, don't worry about it. As your bigger brother, I have died for it already. Let's go in. I don't know if you have siblings, but for us who grew up with many other siblings, there were days when you knew you are in deep water. You are going to be beaten. And one of your siblings comes and says, Come, let's go inside. And you think, Come, they won't do anything. But you see, your sibling that says, Let's go inside, does not know how angry your father is. But here's the thing. Jesus, when he says, let's go inside, it's because he says, the blood has paid. We can go inside. The father is not angry. Are you okay with that? So he's an adopting father. You, 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 you will get the, the, the note. Two, he's the father to the fatherless and a defender of the widows. God is looking out for people who are unfathered. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine someone who has so much love, he goes around looking for someone who needs to be loved. That is our father. He's a covenant-keeping father. He says, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken, nor my covenant of peace be removed says the Lord who has compassion on you. He's not the father who breaks his word. You know our fathers promise and they never fulfill. God is not that kind of a father. He's a rewarding father. The Bible says he rewards those that diligently seek him. I, love, I like to say it this way. He's a rewarder. He's a God who always has rewards for his children. And the amazing thing about God is that he gives us things when we do not deserve. I have been blessed when I thought I was at the worst in my Christianity. Have you ever been in that place? You know, all of us, we get to a place where we think, I'm praying God is going to do something and he doesn't do it. You know why? Because he doesn't do things because you deserve them. He does them because he loves you. 
And I want to say to us, may you be free from this mentality that says, in God, acceptance depends on competence. May the devil never lie to you anymore. In God, we are not accepted because we do good. He accepts us because he loves us. Are you okay with that? Does your father love you like that? You know what's an, what's an amazing thing? Is that some of us here, your father rejected even before he saw you. How painful can it be? You haven't done anything yet, bad or good, but he has already rejected you. But here's a father who says, it doesn't matter how many bads you do, I love you. And I accept you just as you are. Are you still okay with that? He's a prayer answering father. He says, ask and it shall be given to you. He says, you do not have because you do not ask. Friends, can I say to you, God wait eagerly for us to ask. but we don't. Why? Because our view of God is of a father who says, He's not like that. His hand is like, can you imagine? You do not have because you do not. When last did you ask your father something? Do you know young people, God can give you more when you ask him than your parents can. And can I say to some of you know this. I can speak personal of the fact that God has given me more than my parents could afford. There have been days and because we are humans, we are limited. There will be days when your parents say, have you heard that phrase? If you have never heard it, wonderful, you are a blessed child. But most of us have been in a situation where the parents have said, we have no. But listen to this father, he says, silver and gold belongs to me. So there are two parents, others don't have money. Another one says, I have it and more. And I, I can testify that God can give you more than what your parents can afford. And so, friends, let's keep asking our Father. He's a giving Father. He says, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about what you will eat or drink or wear. How many of you young people love expensive shoes? Listen to what God is saying. He says, don't worry. I know you need them. You know what's the funny thing? When he says, I know you need them, he doesn't say, it has come to my knowledge, so I just know. No, he says, I know, hence I've already provided. Ask. He's a giving father. He wants us to have stuff. He's a forgiving and redeeming father. 
God will do everything to take you out of the situation you are in now. I love the drum. You saw what happened in the drum. The father left the child to the devil. Because he was disappointed. When the daughter says, Daddy, I'm pregnant. Oh, devil is in my house. <laughs> How many of us have put ourselves in situations we are not proud that we've been through? You've disappointed even yourself. Okay, this side, nobody has ever disappointed themselves. <laughs> have you ever been in a situation where you thought, I wish I can just disappear? <laughs> you have been. Yeah, this side, you are like me. You have been sinners. <laughs> eh? Come on, there are a few sinners. And we thank those of you that have not been sinners. But friends, all of us, even now, some of us are in situations that we wish we never walked into. Some of us are in debt. Some of us are in relationships that are breaking. We are in all these things that we wish someone can come. But God is a redeeming father. You know what is a redeemer? Is someone who pays the price to purchase you out of any form of slavery. And God is ready to do that. God is ready to purchase you out of your situation now. And sometimes when you are in jail as a child and you have messed up, your parents say, go and rot in there. How many of us have ex experienced and witnessed how sometimes God seems unfair? Somebody kills 10 people who are members of other families. He goes to jail. The parents of this criminal say, yes, we have been telling you, die there. And in jail, the Redeemer comes. And he saves this criminal. He changes his life. He gets on parole. He's released. How's that for unfair? And the guy comes out of jail. He's a preacher. And you and I are like, the first year goes, the guy preaches. The second year goes, this guy is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And we are bitter and bitter and bitter. And it doesn't make God less of God. He loves everyone. If God is ready to redeem such a person, how much more about him? He's a loving He's a redeeming father. When people choose not to forgive you, you know, he still forgives you. And the good thing is, it doesn't bother him what the rest say. And he's a disciplining father. God disciplines us because he loves us. He's our loving father. And let me conclude by reading these few things for you today. I'll read them in greater details in the second service. The benefits of our adoption. Adoption has to do with our relationship with God as a father. Thus, in adoption, we are given many of the greatest blessings that we know for all eternity. These blessings that we get, God as the giver, 
is under no obligation to give us. We need to remember that. We deserve hell, yet by grace he gives us his very great and precious promises. So that through them we may participate in the divine nature and escape the corruption that it is in the world caused by evil desires. And we have rights in God. I want to read this rights. You know what's funny? How many of you have an American friend or you know someone who's an American? Few of us. Okay, let me tell you something I love about Americans. They know their rights. They know their citizenship. You know, Americans, other people, uh, in one way or the other, they at one point they're arrogant or whatever your conclusion about them is. I have my own conclusions as well to either extremes. But here's the thing about Americans. They love their flag. Everywhere they go, they carry their and when they tell you who they are, hi, I'm John and I'm from America. <laughs> like, don't you have family to tell me about before you tell me that you are from America? But you see, they love their citizenship. They are loyal to their citizenship. We are citizens of a greater city called heaven. Our friends, we don't love our city. We don't love our citizenship. We don't love our country. We are not proud of the rights and the privileges that country gives us. Now you get a guy who comes to you. Hi. I'm so-and-so junior. Don't you find it interesting that almost every second American is some, somebody else junior? You've seen that. You, you hear... I'm Kenneth Hagen Jr. Eh? I'm so and so. But for us, it's difficult. To, I'm Christ Jr. We, we are ashamed of who we are. And we don't know the rights. Let me just read the rights to you. And the privileges of being adopted. The creator of all things, God is your father. The one who sits on the throne and judges everything is your. I don't know if you understand it, but I, I believe God that somebody will understand it. That when every other person gives you grief, you will remember that whatever you do, you will account to my. Beyond him, there's no other. Angels as children of God, they minister to us and serve us. We have treasures in heaven. We are the only people on earth that actually have something called treasure after this life. And every other person has destruction only. We are going to reign and rule with Christ over the new heavens and the new earth. And here's the one that most of us struggle with. If you struggle with it, just look at the verse and go and read it. It says, we will judge the world and the angels. It's a privilege. Eh? Our sins are forgiven. Our names are written in the book of life. We have authority over the devil and the demons. Most Christians who don't know they have authority over demons and devils choose to believe that the devil is not there. 
Do you know there are Christians who say buloi habuyo? How many of us do not believe that the devil exists? Okay. Then you are confusing yourself. If the devil is there, baloi bate. Libuloi bute. Because that's what the Bible says. Is that okay? The only thing you must believe is that God has given you power over all the power of the devil and every other demonic force. Is that okay? We are led by the Spirit of God. We have the fruit of the Spirit that can only be developed in Christ. God disciplines us as his children. We can share in both Christ's sufferings and glory and so on and so forth. But we also have responsibilities. Let me read a few. We have a responsibility to live in purity. We have a responsibility to treat one another with love as children of God. We have an, a responsibility to imitate our Father. To walk in love. We are part of a great family. The challenge sometimes is people come from great families and they do not understand the legacy of their family. As such, do not become great people. You know, rich people that are whose children are just a mess. Educated doctors, professors whose children are just a mess. Powerful pastors whose children are just a mess. Sometimes it's not always the family that is at fault. It is the understanding of the family member. Who you are. And today I want to say you and I are adopted into a great family by a great father. And for us to be great, we need to look at the father. Look at the legacy of this family. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is a family of love. A family of unity. A family of forgiveness. It's a family of grace. It's not a family of judgment. They don't judge one another. But until we grasp who we are, we will always be pulling and tearing one another apart. But you and I come from a great family. Shall we stand up today? I don't know what you got from what happened today, but let me say one thing that touched my heart today was when Jesus came, fought on behalf of this pregnant child, and then lifted her up. I mean in the sketch that we were watching. Some of you are like, where did that happen? (laughs) Jesus came in a situation of doom and gloom. But I love the fact that in this drama, he doesn't just pull the child by the hand. 
he picks her up. You know what that speaks of to me? Devil, demon, enemies. If you want to touch any of my children, you'll have to go through me first. And that for me is beautiful. It's beautiful to know that my father stands against any enemy to says, if you are going to touch any of these children of mine, you're going to have to go through me first. And I want us to celebrate God before we go home. And I want you to say, Father, I thank you that I'm in your hands right now. I thought I was in a dangerous situation. I thought 